Welcome to the Branches podcast. Branches is a community of faith, hope and love in the South Orange County. We are a church for people who don't go to church. If you'd like to learn more about our faith or our community, visit our website at branchesoc.com. So, the book of Jonah. We've been in this series called The Bible, uh, which made me feel like I have sort of free reign to talk about whatever I want as long as it's in the Bible. Uh, so I went Jonah. Now, just even before I get into minor prophets and all that jazz, when I say Jonah, for those of you who grew up in the church, what do you immediately think of? Whale, fish. Whale, Jonah and the great fish, Jonah and the whale. Okay, great. I promise we'll talk about that part. Uh, so Jonah is a minor prophet. There are 12 minor prophet books, roughly. Um, and we're going to have a quiz on this later. And then there's five major prophets. Uh, we'll quiz you on those. I had to learn a song when I was little about all the books of the Bible. And so I would just rattle off, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, name, have, you know, and you just start going through all of them. Uh, but the minor prophets, generally called minor, minor because their books are shorter and more focused, and the major prophets are longer and uh, cover more of what's happening in the world. So what I want to do this morning is talk about the book of Jonah and what it might have to teach us, and then I want to talk about how the way you read a story matters, okay? The way you read this matters. And then I want to close with some encouragement for you all. Does that sound good? Okay. Jonah. During the time that we think Jonah was written, uh, which was somewhere in the late 750s BC, so like a roughly 2,800 years ago. This is an old story, very old story. Uh, there are a few things going on, and we learn from the book of 2 Kings the few things regarding the time of Jonah. So I'm just going to briefly list them for you, okay? Three things I want you to hear. 2 Kings 15.9. Little piece in there says, Then Paul, king of Assyria, invaded the land. So that's one thing. This king of Assyria invaded the land of the Israelites. Then, 2 Kings 15 29, Tiglath Pilesar. It's a great name. So if you're looking, if you're naming your kids, Tiglath Pileser, uh, king of Assyria, came and deported the people. And then finally, 2 Kings 18.9, again, if you're trying to name kids, Shalmaneser, Shalmaneser, that's a long one, king of Assyria, marched against Samaria and laid siege to it. So I want you to understand what the Assyrians did to the Israelites, okay? First, they invaded, which means they raised an army, marched into the land and took it by force and violence. That's invasion. Uh, then they also deported, which means they captured the people and their families and took them from their jobs and their homes to some other land. And they laid siege eventually, which means they surrounded the city or a town and cut off all supplies until either people starved to death or they surrendered. So that's the Assyrians. The Assyrians are brutal, violent, nasty folks who have made life a living hell for the Israelites, okay? Time and again, mistreated the Israelites. 
So let's turn to Jonah. Jonah is an Israelite, okay? He's a prophet during this time where Assyria is this mean, violent, oppressive regime that has invaded, deported, and laid siege to Jonah's people. And it says in the beginning of Jonah, chapter 1, verse 1, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, saying, Go at once to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Essentially what God is saying, I can't He's saying, I can't ignore this wicked city any longer. So go and preach there, Jonah. Okay? Nineveh, in case you were wondering, was the capital of city of, wait for it, Assyria. Okay? It's modern-day Mosul in, in Iraq. That's, that's Nineveh. So it's the capital city of Assyria. You want me to go into the heart of this beast, of my enemy, whom my people hate and have been oppressed by and, and conquered by and deported by and laid siege by and invaded by, and you want me to preach to these people. So Jonah does what any good prophet of God would do when God asks them to do something. He goes in the complete opposite direction. Uh, he gets on a boat in Joppa, finds the, like the next Catalina cruiser to Spain, I'm going to Tarshish, you know, which is like the, just, if you're in Israel, like here's Israel and here's Joppa, and then like the Mediterranean spreads out, and then you got like Spain over here. He's like, I'm going here. Nineveh is like back up here. <laughs> and literally like, it, and I'm not going to read the whole, the, the whole book to you, but you know, he, he, essentially I'm going to flee the presence of the Lord. Uh, and we, we know how this ends up going for Jonah if you've read the book, but God, it says God sends a storm, okay? Jonah's in the boat. Two other sailors. He goes down into the boat. He pays them a sum of money. At some point, he tells them, I'm fleeing from the presence of the Lord. And, uh, and they're like, great, that's fine. But then the storm comes. And the sailors, these pagan heathen sailors, begin crying out and praying to their gods because they don't know why this storm is hitting them. And it's not looking good for them. And 2,800 years ago, there were storms because the gods were angry. That's how they understood the world. Of course there's a storm. Someone did something, and now we're being punished. So was it you? Was it you? And they're crying out to their gods. The two sailors are crying out to their gods, these pagans, in the storm. And Jonah is sleeping. <laughs> sleeping. The prophet, the man of God, the Israelite, is sleeping so they find him like, hey, cry out to your God. And he's like, well, it's obviously my fault. I'm fleeing from my God. And they're like, what? What have you done to us? And he says, it's my fault this storm has come upon you. Throw me in the sea, throw me in the sea and it'll calm down for you. <laughs> and they're like, wait, this doesn't seem right. Uh, we have to murder you to be okay. And this doesn't, but they throw him overboard. The storm dies down and Jonah, as you know, gets Swallowed by a big fish. Now, we're going to get to the fish part, but just hang in there with me right now. Because some of you are modernist people and are like, I'm out. This is like some kind of myth. I'm out. Guy gets swallowed by a fish. This is why people don't come to church. Okay, your book is crazy. All right? Hang in there for now. All right? He's swallowed by a fish. 
he's in there for three days and three nights in the belly of the fish, and then he prays a prayer finally, and uh, the fish spits him out, and he goes to Nineveh. Now, he preaches in Nineveh, and as far as we have from the text, he says eight words. Eight words is, is what we have in the text. Jonah 3, chapter 3, verse 4, Jonah says, 40 days more and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Not super powerful message. If I got up here and was like, 40 days more and Dana Point shall be overthrown, peace. You guys would be like, uh, I didn't really get anything out of this morning's message. I was like, I really just wasn't feeling fed by what Ash had to say this morning. I, I don't know. So I'm guessing there was some other stuff in there, but that's what we have. 40 days more and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So this is the nation that Israel has been tormented by, the Assyrians, right? And now Jonah, who most likely hates this nation, okay, as does the whole of Israel, probably hates Assyria. How does Assyria, the hated enemy, respond to Jonah's preaching? They listen. They listened, and it says they turned from their ways, and all the way to Jonah 3.8, four verses later, it gets to the king, this message, this amazing eight-word sermon, gets to the king, and he makes this decree. Human beings and animals shall be covered with sackcloth, which is like burlap, and they shall cry mightily to God. All shall turn from their evil ways and from the violence that is in their hands. What? And this story essentially ends with Jonah being so depressed about a pumpkin or a gourd or a plant that he wants to die. I'm not joking. This is why I kind of chose this for Halloween because it talks about a gourd and a pumpkin. Like I, a gourd is a pump, a pumpkin is a kind of, kind of a gourd, so going with it. This story is nuts, okay? Uh, we've been talking about the Bible for the past several weeks, and the thing about the Bible is that it's this library of books with stories and history, and there's just, there's so much humanity in this thing of people trying to understand God, how he works, who he is, what his character is like. And you find the most odd things like animals wearing burlap, But this is important. So when I ask you, what is the story of Jonah about? And most of you will say, oh, it's about this big fish, Jonah and the whale, Jonah and the whale. Now, there was no word for whale back in their day. So we just have great fish. Uh, it's about this, a guy getting, if I were to say the closing line of this book, what do you think it is? Now, you can look at it, but we would say, oh, yeah, it's, uh, I think the last four words are, and also many animals. That sounds about right. That's the last four words of the book. And also many animals. Is this, this is weird, right? This is a little bit out there, at least. A guy, a fish, and also many animals. Wearing sack, that sounds like a good way to end this prophet. Okay, now, it is important that as you read the Bible, you allow it to be weird. Okay? You allow it, embrace these strange, weird parts of the Bible because most likely they're in there for a good reason. And we're going to get to the, the, the fish whale part, but let's just recap a little bit first. Now, a story told 
by the Israelites. The Assyrians don't tell this story to make themselves look good. The Israelites tell this story. This is one that they've been passing on for 2,800 years. They tell this story. It's about the Assyrians repenting and changing their ways. Okay? You would think the Israelites would stick to straight, you know, kind of straightforward, good and evil, right and wrong, righteousness and evil people. But the Israelite in this story, Jonah, the one who's known to follow God, God's mouthpiece, the prophet is generally